0: We all know that Avram was a good example of Achnosis arhem. But the Medrash tells us that he had a special kavana, why he was doing it, because he wanted to teach everyone about Hashem. Let everyone know that Hashem is the creator of heavens and earth. The Medrash would say that, Medrash says that when Avraham finished serving the guests, and they ate their meal, he would tell them to bench. And if there was anyone who refused to bench, he would charge them. Say, okay, then pay me for what you ate. You ate bread? And he told them a very high price wine you drink a cup of wine and we also give them a very unusual high price and they would say why so expensive it says you realize where you are you're in a desert that's where i opened up his restaurant was in a desert it says who has food in a desert that's why it's so expensive but you have another choice you could thank hashem it says hashem who's that says, that's the creator. And that's how he would introduce them and let them know that Hashem is the creator of heavens and earth. And like that, he got many, many people, thousands of people, to bench Hashem and to realize that there's a creator. And that's why before we eat and after we eat, we also say a bracha. You know when you say bracha it makes you stop before you put the food in your mouth, food in your mouth, and you think for a second. I'm taking this food putting it in my mouth. Where did it come from? It's from Hashem. You know, animal just goes in the field and chews away and eats what they want. There's no thinking going on. We have a mitzvah to say bracha we say a bracha, it makes us think. So we're eating not like an animal, we're eating like a mensch. A person who thinks about Hashem. Who was once a kid. We'll call him Chaim. He came home one day and he said to his father, can you please give me a dollar? I want to go to the bakery and buy a cupcake. His father gave him. He went to the bakery. When he came home, he took it out of the bag and was about to eat it and his father said the bracha. He says, oh, I almost forgot. So he said the bracha and while he was eating it, his father said to him, do you realize, it says in Shuchunarach, that a person who eats without saying a bracha, it's like stealing from hektish, stealing from Hashem, stealing from Hashem's property. Imagine if you were a guard guarding the Beis Hamikdash, and a guy comes and wants to go in to steal the Menorah. Would you just stand there and watch? But actually, when a person eats Chas V'Shalom without a bracha, he's doing exactly the same thing—stealing from Hashem. Chaim looks up at his father. He says, but Tati, I don't understand. I paid a dollar for this cupcake. I'm not stealing it. I paid for it. It's mine. Tati says, "Uh uh-uh. You never paid for the cupcake. Then what did I pay for? You paid for something else. No, I gave him a dollar for the cupcake. Father says, come, let's go to the baker and I'll show you what you paid for. They come to the baker, and the father says, Reb my son was here before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He paid you a dollar? Yes. What did he pay it for? Oh, I gave him a cupcake. Now tell me, what do you do to make a cupcake? Oh, we take eggs, flour, oil, sugar, flavors. Whole bunch of stuff? Where do you get it from? Where do you get all these ingredients from? Oh, I get it, they deliver it. It comes from the farms, different places. Do you pay the guys? Oh, of course. Why do you pay the farmer? Why do you pay him for the eggs? Did he create the eggs? Did he create the flour? Did he create the oil? No. Why are you paying him? For the schlep, for the work. He's taking care of the farm, taking care of the hens, making sure the the eggs are safe, and he packs them, and he delivers them. Uh Aha. So it's for the hard work. When you pay the farmers, you're paying them for their hard work. Now, the cupcake. Did you create all the ingredients? No, I got it from them. So when we pay you for the cupcake, are we paying you for the object for the ingredients well you're paying me for my hard work? Good. Chaim you hear that we're paying the baker for the hard work. he's paying the farmers for the hard work and that's what it's all about paying for the hard work. The actual thing itself we're not paying for because you don't have to pay it to them they they didn't make it they didn't create it and the father takes them out of the store. He says, look next door. What do you see here? A furniture store. You see this table is worth $100. This one they're selling for $250. Same amount of wood. Why is this one more expensive? They put in more work. Now, did the builder of the table create the wood? He took the wood from the forest that Hashem created. Hashem created the wood. It doesn't belong to him. He took, even though he bought the forest, but the wood itself is Hashem's making. Hashem made it. He just worked on it. So remember, Chaim, when you pay someone for food, you're paying for the hard work. The actual food itself belongs to the Creator. And the only way you can get permission to use it, If you pay Hashem the money that he accepts, the money that Hashem accepts is a bracha. So even when you paid a dollar to the bakery, you paid him for the work, you never paid the actual ingredients, the cupcake does not yet belong to you. When does it belong to you? When you get it from Hashem. That's why we have to say a bracha. And that's why when we say a bracha we say it so carefully we say every word it's imagine if i go to the bakery instead of giving him a dollar i pick up a piece of paper dirt from the floor and i put it in his hand it's a joke it's not money you have to give him real money to hashem the only time we get permission from hashem if we give hashem the real bracha a real bracha is not when we say we mumble of the words. We have to say the words clearly. Because anything less than that, we didn't pay Hashem. So we have to be careful and pronounce the words correctly, especially when it comes to Hashem's name. The Rebbe told someone, a boy once, he says, when you say Baruch Atah Hashem, you're face to face with Hashem. You're talking, mamish, facing him. Hashem is listening to you. Imagine how we talk before any person, especially if you talk before a king, talking before uh, the king of all kings, the creator. Hashem, we should say the words correctly. Pronounce every word. And that brings us to the next part of the story, that we began last week, with Moshe Galanti, the Rav in, Damasek, in Damascus, who spent a lot of time discussing different matters with the Arab Sheikh, because he, not because he wanted to be friends with the Arab Sheikh, the Arab leader, but because he wanted to get something out of him. He wanted the Arab leader, the Arab Sheikh, to tell him the secret. How does he know if the person who was sick is gonna live or gonna pass away? And this Arab sheikh always knew the answer. People came to him, he would pray for them, and then he would tell them if the person is gonna live or is gonna pass away. And Rabbi Moshe wanted to know how the Arab sheikh gets this information. It's Hashem's information. Why does Hashem allow him to get it? What's so special? What did the Arab Sheikh do to find out this information? One day, as he was sitting with the Arab Sheikh, and like I told you last week, they will be discussing all the seven Chachmas wisdoms of the world. At a certain point, the Arab Sheikh asked him, tell me, Rabmosha. Moshe, the seventh chachma has an introduction to it. I never learned it. I know there is an introduction, and if you don't know the introduction, you can't fully understand the seventh chachma. And I want to know if you if you ever got it. You know it. Reb Moshe says, "Baruch Hashem, I know that too. When you learn Taira, you get to know everything." the Arab sheikh fell to the floor and bowed to his feet and said, "Rab Moshe, please teach it to me. Please teach me that part of the the seventh Chachma. I'm begging you. Rab Moshe said, I'm sorry. I can't teach it to you. I can't. Do you know how much work I put into this to study it? Do you know how much it cost me? cost you mean you want gold and silver i'll give you as much as you want i'll give you as much as gold and silver as you want for me gold and silver is nothing compared to my chance to finish the seven chachmas i know everything besides that part i want to be complete come on masher said i'm sorry gold and silver is nothing for me. It's not going to convince me to teach it to you. I can't. Then what can I give you? You know what you could give me? Give me some information. Information? You know everything. Whatever I know, you know already, Rabbi. You know much better than me. Uh uh-uh. uh. There's one thing that you know more than me. What? You know. How to tell if a person who is sick if he's gonna get well or he's gonna pass away. Tell me that secret. Tell me that Chachma. Tell me that, I'll tell you mine. The Arab Sheikh's face turned pale and he started to tremble. He says, Sorry. That's something I cannot tell to anyone. Rabbi Misha says, and I'm sorry to tell you that I can't tell you either what I know yeah but rabbi you don't understand before I was taught this secret they made me swear that I'm not gonna teach it to anyone and before I was taught I also had to swear so I can't teach it to you sorry sorry but you know what I do think that even if you swore That's to sell it to someone or just to share it to someone. But if it's for your benefit that you should get more Chachma, that you should be more complete, then that's not included in the swearing. That's why I'm ready to give it to you if you give it to me. Let's trade. I'll give you mine, you give me yours, and we'll stay good friends. Sheikh was silent for a while. Then he says, Okay, I'll show it to you. You'll show it to me. You have to tell me. Tell me what you say. No, I first have to show you something. But in order to see what I'm going to show you, you have to prepare yourself. And it's going to be hard work. Are you ready? Yes. With Hashem's help, I'm ready to do it. Okay. Well, listen to my instructions. Tonight, when you eat supper, make sure you eat a big supper because you're going to begin a two-day fast. Don't have any meat or wine in your meal. And during these two days, every morning and evening, you should make sure that you taivel yourself in a mikveh. And during these two days, you should clean yourself from any sins. And after each time you toivel yourself, put on fresh clothes. Come to me on the third morning and I'll show it to you. Ab went home. Following the instructions of the Arab sheikh, he did exactly like he said. On the third morning, after davening Shachris, he went straight to the Arab sheikh. He was still fasting. And the Arab sheikh looks at him Says, I could see on your face that you did exactly what I told you. Now follow me. Takes out a key from his pocket, opens up a secret doorway to a room where no one ever entered except for the sheikh. He came inside with Rabbi locked the door, and from that room, they walked out into a big, big, beautiful garden. The garden was beautifully decorated, trees, flowers. It was just like such a gorgeous, beautiful place. In the middle of the garden, there was like a stream of water that came from two special rivers in Damascus. Near the river, near the stream, there was a bench that had two sets of clothes. And he says, Before I show it to you, we have to make ourselves holy. We're going to tie ourselves in this water. And then we're going to put on these clothes. Afterwards, I'm not going to talk to you, but you're just going to follow what I do. They're walking and walking after they Teufeld and got dressed, they're walking to the end of the garden, and over there he sees a beautiful, beautiful house. The nicest decorated house that you can ever imagine. It had gold, silver, diamonds, jewels, so beautiful. And the Arab Sheikh standing in front of the doorway, the entrance, shows him to open the door. The door was made out of pure silver. And as he opened the door, the Arab sheikh bows down seven times. And because he told Reb Moshe he has to do the same thing, Reb Moshe doesn't know what he's going to bow down to. So he, ba- But he had to listen. He bowed to Hashem. He had in his mind Shivisi Hashem Linegdi Samid. Hashem is in front of me. I'm bowing to Hashem. Then, he looks inside this house. There's a beautiful, beautiful Aaron Kodesh right in front of them. The parachas, the curtain, was so beautifully decorated and uh, with embroidery and diamonds and pearls and rubies, sapphires, like such a beautiful thing. And the Arab Sheikh shows him to open it. He opens up the Aran Kaidesh. Didn't see a Sefer Torah there. But on the back, on the wall inside, he saw the most beautifully decorated Minoira designed on the back. A design of a Minoira, but so beautifully. And on top of that Minoira, there were four words that were made out of diamonds. Shivisi Hashem LeNegdi Samid, those four words, which means Hashem is always in front of me. Reb Moshe was so happy that when he bowed down, it was to something such a helica thing, such a holy thing. He noticed that the word Hashem Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Samid Yudke Vavke was much larger than the other words. After he saw this, the Arab Sheikh showed him to close it and we're leaving. When they came back into the house, Reb Moshe says, You showed me something beautiful, but how does, does this answer my question? How does this explain what is it that you do to find out if a person is going to live or pass away? And the Arab Sheikh says to him, I want you to know, I found out the secret name of God, the creator of heavens and earth. He didn't know that. Ramesha Ayyid knows this already from the Taita. And this secret... It's so special because this name is so holy, I decided to decorate it and to give it honor. That's why I put all my riches here. I made it so, designed so beautifully, I decorated it. I give it so much honor. And when anyone ever comes to me about someone who's sick, I come over here, I prepare myself, make myself holy, I enter, I open up. The, the, the Ark, the Aron Kadesh. And I pray to Hashem, the creator of heavens and earth, he who gives life, he who gives health, he who gives everything to the whole world. And after I pray for a half an hour, I look up at the four letters of his holy name, and I can find out what's going to happen to this person. If the four letters begin shining with a great light, I know that the person is going to get well and he's going to live. If not and I see like clouds around it and it's dim, I know the person is not going to get well and he's going to pass away. That's my secret. Rabbi Moshe thanked him. He went home and Rabbi Moshe began to cry. You would think they were so happy. He found out the secret. He says, "I don't understand myself now. How is it that every day I say Hashem's holy name in brachas, in davening, in Shema? Do I give it so much honor? Do I respect Hashem's name so much? Like this guy did, the guy found out he doesn't. He thinks it's a secret only he knows. We know about it from the Torah. Are we giving enough respect to Hashem's name when I say a bracha?" to say the bracha carefully? When I daven, make sure I pronounce the words? This is what Reb Moshe learned. A lesson, and it's a lesson for us too. And when we say a bracha, remember, we're not just saying words, we're asking Hashem permission to have it, and we have to speak to Hashem. And when we pronounce Hashem's names, prop- names properly, then we have permission to eat it. And when you eat it, it brings you health. Because you're getting it properly, and it helps you. You should be healthy to be able to serve Hashem. A guten Tag.